1: you're listening to garibaldi red a nottingham forest podcast brought to you by nottinghamshire live hello welcome to garibaldi red nottingham forest podcast nottinghamshire live my name's matt davis hosting as ever and we're here to discuss the good old days coming back to nottingham forest at least for now hopefully and hopefully it rolls on for the rest of this season uh, forest one three nil at Birmingham City on Saturday to make it three wins out of four. And if you Google the championship table, they're now eight points off the playoffs. So <laughs> anything can happen. Although they're only three points above the relegation zone, we might discuss the bigger picture as we go along. But here to talk all things forest for me, first of all, between the show is reg legend Gary Bertles. Morning, Gary. Are you well? Good morning. Yeah, very good. Thank you. And back with us, as usual, is forest reporter Sarah Clapson. Good morning, Sarah. Are you well?
0: Hello. Yes, I'm not too well. Thank you.
1: Good. I almost ran out of breath doing that. I so I had a cold for a week. I feel better today, but talking don't like that. Me, I know, I do love a whinge, <laughs> don't I? But we don't have anything to whinge about when it comes to Forest for once. Um, Sarah, you were at St Andrews. Forest played very well. Uh, won 3-0. Could have been 3-3, could have been 6-3. I mean, what did you make of it overall?
0: Yeah, it could have been anything, really. Um, but yeah, a brilliant performance. Uh, all-round good display from Forest. Yeah. Um, They rode the look a little bit to start with. Birmingham could have gone in in front, but once Forrest took the lead, they never really looked like relinquishing it. They just looked so good. They looked a threat whenever they went forward. They looked like scoring goals. They had a few nervy moments at the back, um, but going forward, you wouldn't have thought that a few weeks ago we were trying to figure out how they were going to score a goal, let alone get a win. They just looked so dangerous. Um, Could have had more. The goals they scored were really good. Lewis Grabbins was brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, Spences was good. Ryan Yates went in bravely for his header. Um, a, a really good afternoon and the fans were brilliant. Absolutely first-class um, support from the the away fans on Saturday. Really good afternoon all round. There's, yeah, not a lot to winch about from that.
1: Gary, the last time you were on here with Darren Fletcher, maybe two or three weeks uh, ago.
2: Yeah, i got a Stanley knife in my hand.
1: Well, the club was at a low ebb. Let's take, let's put it that way. And it was all very much doom and gloom. I mean, whenever you're on here, whether you speak negatively or positively, it's always from the the right place in terms of your your love of the club. So, how nice is it for you to be able to talk about some wins and some positivity after? It's a run
2: fantastic. Game? I mean, last I can remember saying, I don't know where the next win is coming from or the next goal. It was that bad at that particular moment, and it just shows you that. You know things can turn around. The, the same group of players um, are just playing a different system, different formation. Given the license to do what they do best, I think you know everybody said what well, a great man Chris is, and he is. But I think with him, it was let's not lose rather than let's go and win. And if you if you use that philosophy, you can come unstuck because if you do go one nil up and you try and defend that in the modern game. It's, it's so difficult now. And you know, I, I always said, you know, people said, Chris has got them up and he's done this. And it's three years ago, the game has definitely evolved in three years. And, you know, you can see the difference in attitude. You can see the difference in, you know, the, the way they play. You know, they, they look like they're enjoying it now in, in the few games they've had. And you, you've got to enjoy what you do when you go out there. There's no point going to work, whether it be a footballer, whether it be Sarah, whether it be you, Matt. You have to enjoy what you do. And if you're not enjoying it, you you, you don't put your lot in. And it, it's people will say, well, why is this group of players all of a sudden, you know, come to life? They didn't do it under Chris. You know, they're now looking like they could zoom up the league. Um, but let's not get too carried away. And I'm sure... That's the the mantra down at the club at the moment. It is. It's every game, uh, you know, take every game as it comes. It's very positive. It's great to see. It's lovely to watch Soccer Saturday and and watch, you know, 0-1, 0-2, 0-3. And uh, it's just, the change has just been so dramatic. And uh, it's great for everybody. The fans have always been brilliant. The away fans, they they go in numbers. They fill every ground up uh, with the tickets they can get. And, you know, I'm just delighted for them that they can see light at the end of the tunnel now. And Roy Keane took Sunderland up all those years ago. They were right down at the bottom. You know, they just soared up the league and got promotion to the Premier League. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it has happened. Um, So, you know, let's take everything on board that we've seen so far, enjoy it, and just hope it continues. Because winning games breathe so much confidence and you go out there thinking you can't get beat. And, you know, you talk about Lewis Graben's goal. What a strike that was. If I was their, their manager, I would have been absolutely slaughtering the defence because I think Lewis, he, he couldn't believe his luck. He thought, what, what what should I do here? And they kept backing off and backing off and backing off. Finally, he got to the edge of the box and thought, all right, I'm going to shoot here. And it was a stunner. Um, but, you know, Sarah said they rode the look. Every every club in f- football, professional football, ride the look at some time. You know then you have to when you ride your luck you have to take advantage of that you know forest love games where they hit the post three times you know it's, it's unlucky but that's the game of football and you know forest took advantage of that and you know went on to you know get a comfortable victory
1: yeah we're, we're live on facebook so do join us with some comments and we'll put them up quite a few people talking about hitting the woodwork and uh that kind of stuff i mean sarah What's changed so quickly under Cooper? Because obviously you spoke to Joe Lolly last week and his comments were very interesting. He didn't, I don't think he mentioned Chris Hutton by name, but he talks about very much a sea change in terms of how things are done behind the scenes. What do you think Cooper's done so differently beyond the obvious stuff we see on the pitch?
0: Yeah, and and just for balance with what Joe Lolly had to say, that's his opinion. Um, There'll be others who think differently or who had different experiences under Chris Hewton. Um That's Joe Lolly's experience and he's come out the better for it. He's looked rejuvenated really in the last few games. Um, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Steve Cooper for his man management. He's come in and he's quickly instilled belief in the team. Um, whenever you talk to him, he's positive. He, he talks about wanting to win. Um, he talks about wanting to score goals, wanting to play well, and, um, and he builds his players up. He talks about them. It, it, it must make you feel like you're, you're 10 feet tall when you hear him talk about you because he he's really good at getting his players to play their best. Um, and he's given them freedom, like Joe Lolly mentioned. He, he's given them the the opportunity to express themselves and to, to go out on the pitch and have responsibility and make their own decisions to, to some degree. Yes, the plan is there and there's a basis for what they want to do, but he lets the players go out and get their own sense of the game and, and make their own decisions and take responsibility themselves. And I think that's that's quite a big thing. It it means the manager's got faith in you. And as a player, that's got to count for a lot. And a lot of them, a lot of the big players, the key players, are showing that in their performances. The likes of Lolly, Bree Samba, Lewis Grabbin, they're all back to the kind of form or near the kind of form that... They've shown they're capable of it in the past. Jack Horback, he's done really well when he's come on um, and and obviously started on Saturday and did well. Um, So I think the big thing is coming into the dressing room and and getting the players feeling like they can win games. Forest go out there now and they look confident. They look like they can get a result, whether they fall behind and and have to come back or, or whether they... Go out there and, and quickly stamp their authority on the game. They look like they can get a result. And you can see that in the way they play. They just look a much more confident team and one with a lot of belief. And They don't go into games fearing teams now, which I think they, they did previously. Um, and it's showing in the results that they've got.
1: When you talk about, like Sarah says about man management there, Gary, every coach or manager we have on here, to me, it always strikes me that the most important aspect to be successful is man management. And I'm loathe to mention your old manager's name because it's never fair, but that was always his great quality, wasn't it? I mean, where, Matt, to you is man management the most important aspect of being a football manager and a coach now?
2: I, I think you've got to get your players on side. It's so important to do the right things. You know, it's it's about every day. It's not about Saturday afternoon. It's about walking through the door in the morning and looking forward to walking through the door in the morning. And that's what, under Brian, you know, that's what we had. You couldn't wait to get in. Uh, but I'll mention another manager of mine, Alan Buckley, at the end of my career at Grimsby. What a fantastic bloke he was. And uh, when I went to sign, you know, talk to him up there, I said, what style of football do you play? He said, we get it down, we pass it. I said, give me the pen. And I signed, you know, like 300 quid a week. And that was, you know, brilliant. I had three fantastic years there. He was true to his word. We played 4-4-2 and we absolutely nailed it. It was fantastic to be under him. And it was the same in training. You walked in training. He let me train two days a week because I was travelling up. And he trusted me to do it back in Nottingham as well. So it's not just about Brian Clough. It's about, you know, managers like that. He wanted players to go out and express themselves. He put players in positions uh, where he knew they could cause problems for opposition, and it was a delight playing under him. So it's, it is about, you know, it, it's, you, you can get bogged down, I think, in, in the way you go about things. And I think the players now realise they've had a release by the look of it. You know, you can see that... Uh, what... Well, uh, how would you describe you can see the freedom they seem to have now whereas before maybe it was right we've got to do this we've got to do that football's an instinctive game people used to say to me how did you do that out there I said I've got no idea you go out there and it's in that instant where you try and do something you make something happen and you do it to the best of your ability and when a manager's got that trust in you to do that it's brilliant because you know that if you get it wrong, for doing it for the right reasons, that you're going to be okay, And I think that's what we've seen in the few games so far um, under the new manager. And to hear players coming out and saying that, you know, it it is good. You you feel a little bit sorry for Chris, but it was always a little bit negative, the way they played and the way they approached games. And you could see the restriction a little bit on some of the players, you know, wanting maybe to go out and do something more, to express themselves more, but felt restrained a little bit. And as I say, if you go 1-0 up and try and defend it in the modern game, it's just virtually impossible. I mean, you saw Liverpool-Man City yesterday. You know, you can't do it at any level. You know, you've know, you got to go and be positive. And that's, you know, under Brian, we would just wanted to rub teams into the ground. Once we got one goal, we wanted to go out and win the game 4-5 or five if we possibly could. And I've always been lucky enough at clubs that that was the mantra. So, mm. you know, it's, it's just great to see that that's the shackles have been lifted a little bit and they can go out there and enjoy themselves. I think I'm
1: paraphrasing very much here, but I've read something from Dean Smith saying that players will get you the sack if they're bored these days. And he means in training as well. I mean, you've got to engage players all the time now, haven't you, I suppose. And Cooper seems like he's doing that. And one of the players that obviously is fully switched on at the moment is Lewis Graben. Um, his goal You mentioned his goal, Gary, from a striker's point of view. That's a bit of a dream, isn't it? Uh, this, he, he was he was allowed to take about three extra touches before he shot, wasn't he?
2: I know they backed off and backed off. I, I just watched it before we came on air and I thought, w- their manager's going to be absolutely slaughtering them, or should be. But you've, was, still yeah. you've still got to score. you are still got to strike it. You're, you're still going to hit it in the roof of the net. How many times do we see even Premier League players just smash it over the bar? I mean, Kevin De Bruyne yesterday, that diving header. Goodness me, how did he miss that? You know, he's, he's put it miles over so the, even the best in the business can uh, cock it up and he certainly didn't do that. And yeah. I, I, I gave him some stick, you know I did, Um about, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. But when you see him do that, you know, you you, you just got to admire it and, you know, love the beauty of it because, you know, it was a fantastic goal and you just hope that consistency comes back to his game now. Mm. And, uh, you know, he can replicate what he's done before you know in the number of goals he's scored but i think now he's going to get better supply he's going to get better service and as any striker will tell you you are beholden on that if you haven't got that you struggle massively Mm. we saw you know lyle taylor he struggled you know he tried to get involved in a game and he comes too deep and that but that's just honesty from a player he wants to get involved but you want to see him where he's he does the right things further up the pitch and um I think that the system they're playing at the moment benefits strikers. So, just onwards and upwards, hopefully.
1: Commentators barely made anything about De Bruyne a miss. I couldn't believe it. It was a, not a sitter. It wasn't far off. Um
2: You've got a threatening bit head there, hasn't you? he? <laughs> He's got a little threat.
1: 50p head, yeah, as we say. Yeah. today. Um, I find Graben's situation quite an interesting one, Sarah, because forests are going this direction of building around younger players now. Graben's 33. Uh, he signed a four-year contract in 2018. So unless there's something we don't know, he's out of contract next summer. Do we think, is this his last season at Forest? Do we think probably regardless of what happens and would we assume we'll want to go out on a high if that's the case?
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen. They are going in a different direction. They have got younger players. Um, We've seen that in the summer with the players that they've brought in. But there is a mix of, of... slightly more experienced players in there um, I don't think there's any doubt that Forest still need at least one other striker in January um albeit they have got Lewis grubbin firing I think they they just need more options there um and that will obviously help going forward as well and you'd think if they do bring somebody in it's going to be of a, a in a younger age bracket um it's I mean I think pretty much ever since Lewis Grabban's come in, every window there's been speculation about what's going to happen to him. Is he going to leave? He's come fairly close a little bit. Um, came close to going to Qatar, but he's still here um, and he's still making a big impact. If you get the right supply to him, he can still get goals. And Forrest, that's what Forrest needs. Um, they need to get the best out of him. Steve Cooper's had a, a big, a long chat with him about the, the captaincy role and, um, Again, something that he's coming for criticism for in the past. People questioning his leadership style, whether he, he cares about the club, whether he, he should be captain. Um, I think you could see in the last couple of games, he's led by example. And he's also helped the younger players. If you watch him interact with them, he, he's talking to them a lot. He, he's encouraging them. He, he's He just seems to be... That responsibility seems to be um, spurring him on rather than weighing him down now. Um, And I think the chat that he's had with the manager has probably helped with that. If it is his last season, yes, he'll want to go out with a a load of goals and he'll he'll want to prove that he's still capable of getting to that 20 goal mark that he's managed before. Um, You wouldn't bet against him at the minute with the run that he's on. so. It's an interesting few months ahead for him. I think he's he's got, you know, he's got his future to to try and sort out. And if you perform and if you get goals, then that's only going to help with that.
1: Is this good man management again from Cooper? Because Sarah says about um, he's speaking to younger players and encouraging them. Gary, I think one of your gripes and my gripes about Grabbin is sometimes his body language looks a bit negative, which is perhaps understandable when you when you were playing under Chris Upton and we spoke about how strikers are isolated, but to be engaged and to be playing that captain who leads by example, that's only a positive for Forrest, isn't it?
2: Well, it's got to be. I mean, I, I would never give a captaincy to a striker. Um, I, I always thought midfield or, you know, the centre-half were, were better equipped to do it because a striker's right at the pitch, you know, and he can't affect what goes on what goes on at the back. So that's the only reason I wouldn't give it to a striker because of, of that and my all my captains in the past have been either defenders or central midfield players. But if he is getting the best out of the young people around him, then that's got to be good. And that that man management is working. And some players love the responsibility of, of captaincy. Other players don't particularly want it because they feel it's a little bit of a burden, but he's, he's approaching it really well. Um, He's one of the senior pros, um, which always helps because younger players should look up to senior pros. And, um, you know, while it works and while he's happy doing it and he's scoring goals, don't change it. You know, I I would like Joe Worrell for me or um, McKenna at the back. They they would make, you know, just as good a captain's. But, you know, while it's working and while he's enjoying it and people are feeding off him, don't change it.
1: Um, just talk us through that second goal, Gary. I mean, you must have enjoyed it. Ryan Yates has missed a lot of headers last season, but he's, he's out-muscled Lukas Jukovic, who's the big target man, and planted a header in the back of the net. You must have enjoyed seeing that one.
2: Well, let's let's put this into perspective a little bit. He never, ever shirks the responsibility of keep getting in there. You know, it, it's like with a striker, never be afraid to miss. If you start being afraid to miss, you start, you stop getting in the positions that you should be in to have that opportunity and he never shirks that responsibility. He's always there. He'll throw himself into every challenge. Sometimes, yeah, he gets it wrong and people have said, well, you know, he's, he's a red card in the, you know, waiting to happen. But in those, those situations, you want somebody like Ryan Yates in that box. You know, you've got Worrell in there. You've got McKenna and the opposition will be looking at those trying to pick. And he comes into the category of, you know, a scoring midfield player. And if the quality is good enough, which it was, he'll just throw himself into everything that's in that penalty box, and that's great to see because you need midfield players chipping in with goals, and it's always a threat. And the, the opposition will know that um, if the quality is good enough, that he'll be a big threat. And then if they they stop double marking him, then it gives Warland, McKenna, the, and you know the like to get involved as well and score goals. So it, it, it's natural to him how he does that. It's something, again, it's instinct when you get in there and when you're on the on the pitch and you're in the box. It, it, it's it's good to see that somebody like that is is always going to do that. And you know that it's always going to be a threat to the opposition.
1: I think last week, Sarah, um, we spoke uh, on this podcast about yates and you know we're fans of his but he needs to start dominating games and dominating battles and he started to do that i mean we'll talk about garner in a minute but if if there's anyone out there who says that garner's been better than yates since he came back they're, they're definitely wrong i mean how much credit mm. do we give yates for his bouncing back from a tough start to the season
0: yeah definitely i think he's been the last couple of games has been really good really good um Perhaps along with garner, the the early games he wasn't quite dominating in the way that he he can. Um, but he's really picked up. Saturday, I thought he was excellent, not just his goal, but his all-round play. I think it's Fo are pressing more, and they're they're playing further up the pitch, and that's that's helps him. That's playing to his strengths. he's he can be when he's on form more of a box to box type midfielder. he does going with these crunching challenges. He does throw himself about a bit and he, he does get in the right positions. Sometimes it's his finishing that has let him down a little bit, but that's something that he's working on. Um, he's still young. I think you forget how young he is because it seems like he's been around forever. But um, yeah, I think before the game, people were saying, can Yates and Colback work together? It's something we questioned before. Both of them were really good on Saturday. Jack Colback was excellent. He's... He, probably came in with a point to prove, having not featured too much. um, Came off the bench against uh, Barnsley on Wednesday and did well. But Saturday, he just upped his his level another, you know, went up another gear, um, came close to scoring, helped set up Lewis Graben's goal with a challenge. The midfield pair just worked really well. Um, That system really seems to suit Forrest, that three at the back. And Steve Cooper said afterwards that he, he... he tries to balance it so that Forrest, have, he doesn't want seven people attacking, he wants more. Um, and that says a lot. That that says how much he wants Forrest to get forward and the kind of message that he's getting across to his players. And people like Yates are benefiting from that because they're being encouraged to press forward and try things. And if it doesn't come off, you just try it again. Um, I think that that kind of fear factor, that if it doesn't work... It, it, you're, you're in for a tough time. That's gone. Foresters just try things. And if they don't come off, they they just shrug their shoulders, try again and, and try and win the ball back and go again. It's that freedom, I think, that um, Steve Cooper's really instilled in them.
1: You At various points in your career, Gary, you were written off, especially probably once you get past Thanks 30, everyone... <laughs> but once you get past 30, everyone thinks that you're done as soon as you hit a bad patch, I suppose. Um, and Colback has had a tough time of it. I mean, how much credit do you give him for hanging in there and taking his chance when it's come along.
2: I was lucky enough not to have been, you know, on, the, on any benches for any length of time. I was always fortunate enough to be in the in the first team. And so I don't know what it's really like to, to feel like that and to suddenly be ousted a little bit. But again, th- there seems a freedom with Yates and Colback. Before, you wouldn't have said that if those two were playing because we we had a go at that that system where you've got two defensive midfield players defending deep and and trying to, if you go 1-0 up, trying to defend that. Now it looks like they've been, you know, lifted. The shackles are off both of them. Right, just go and do what you do naturally. And that's what you want to hear from a manager when somebody said, right, you know, go and express yourself. And Brian, you know, you said Brian Clough, he always used to say, go and express yourself you know, you're better than the opposition, you know, respect them, but you're better than them. And you went out, you know, filling a million dollars. And I'm sure that's what the players are feeling now with that freedom to just go and, and do what they do best. And it, now you, you're seeing Colback and Yates in the same t- side and you're not saying, oh my word, you know, why are those two in the same side? Because in that system, in that way they play, they're being allowed to express themselves a little bit more and, you know Garner is you know a perfect foil for that you know with the two players like that around his game will i think only improve because he'll be allowed to just express himself which he does anyway so you've got to give um, you know the new manager you know Steve Cooper you know so much praise already because it's obvious that things have changed massively in the way they approach things and that won't just be in games that will be on the training pitch as well you know, that that will have changed, I would think, massively as well. We used to go into training sessions, you know, it's at Notts County when John Barnwell was the manager, and you used to enjoy, you know, Grimsby with Alan Buckley. You you couldn't wait to go and train because you knew you were going to enjoy it and it was positive. You know, you had the ball a lot, and you, that's what you want as a player in training. You love the ball. You know, you pre-season training you've got to do a lot of running and when you you've finally done that to get hold of the ball again is just fantastic and it's so important that you're happy going into work and it certainly looks like that is the case at the moment and you know it's it's just freed everything up and it's it's a it's a joy to watch
1: it's an interesting challenge isn't it for garner now sarah because as gary says he could play with Cole back in Yates and be that ball playing third man in midfield he was on the bench on Saturday and came on now he's got as Richard Ottaway says here Brian Ajada had a good game for the 23s and he's been brought in for a fee Cooper name check Tyrese Fauna is training well there's a lot of options in midfield and players have to step up don't they
0: yeah absolutely I, I, James Garner hasn't started the season in the, the same way that that he you know the same form that he showed last year it's been a bit of a quieter start him, him, but we know what he's capable of. He's, We you know how good a player he is. He just needs to get back to that. Um, and if anybody's going to get the best out of him, it's going to be Steve Cooper because they've got that relationship from working with England together at, at youth level. Um, so the manager already knows him. He knows what he's capable of. He knows what he can do. Um, he was quick to point out that James Garner hadn't been dropped on Saturday. He'd just been... Uh, I guess you call it a a, a kind of way rest, rest, <laughs> been... Um He said the same about Joe Lolly. they'd not been dropped. Um, it was just that they played. It was the third game in a week, so he um, decided to rest them. Um, we, again a good sign of man management, I suppose. You're you're making the players feel better about not being in the starting eleven. He said that he'd had long conversations with both of them about it. Um, and when he came on, Garner, I thought he did okay. He looked he looked lively. He looked like he again probably had a point to grieve, and I'm sure. When he does get back in the first 11 he'll go out there again trying to prove that point and show that don't drop me again or don't rest me again, I should say. Don't put me on the bench. I deserve to be in this team every week.
1: Third goal is brilliant one uh, on the counter from Jed Spence. Um, he seemed an odd signing when he came in just because he was another right back. But he, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, Sarah? I mean... Can Forest get him next season? There's no deal in place, but he's already hit the ground running, hasn't he?
0: Oh, he's been outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Um, I think he's, he's the, the last two games, he's probably been my, my man of the match. Um, he's just been so good. He's made such a difference. He gets forward really well. He always offers an uh, attacking outlet, but he doesn't forget his defensive duties. He's quick to get back and help out. And I don't think he's put a foot wrong since he's come in. Um I know everybody says, well, Middlesbrough must have a a, a big selection of right backs ahead of him if they let him go. But their loss is is Forest's gain. Um, and they're getting the best out of him, and he seems to be enjoying himself. Another player that seems to be just thriving at the minute. And like Gary's mentioned, when you're happy, you get you play your best football. And I'm sure going forward, if he if he's happy here and he seems to be enjoying himself and he he knows he's getting game time if he's not going to get that on Middlesbrough then you know maybe he'll think about where his future lies going forward um, and you'd, you'd hope that Forrest will be in with a shout with that
1: he seems like another kid who needs an arm ranger I'm not sure Neil Warnock's an arm ranger manager is he I don't,
2: sure. well he certainly one with me <laughs> as soon as he came he'd bomb me out of Knox County <laughs>
1: What do you think about the evolution of management, Gary? I mean, you see Mick McCarthy's really struggling now. Chris Hughton obviously lost his job. Neil Warnock, and we talk about his man management. Do you think it's it's evolved now, just the way players are coached?
2: Well, that's what I said. You know, three years is a long time in football, um, and it, it has definitely evolved, I, I think. And, you know, you see the, the difference in the uh, championship from, what, three years ago, I think is quite significant. And those those managers have always, you know, they've done fantastic jobs wherever they've been. Um, but I think sometimes you do have to adapt. You do have to change. And if you don't, then, you know, things can just stagnate and stay the same. Um, I, I was looking at that third goal again. The vision, I'm not sure who it was. I only, I've only seen it once. The flick, who was that who, who played the ball through to him? Because that um... was that, that was as good as a goal for me because... Before that would have been stopped and maybe not seen, but it was played first time and that gave him the opportunity to get the touch right and, and strike it beautifully. And it reminded me of um, the Man City goal yesterday, where Kyle Walker got in a similar position, didn't you know strike the ball, but made a defender hurry, and then De Bruyne, uh, you know, scores the goal with the deflection. So, fullbacks getting in those areas do create big problems because you don't expect them to be in there. And when you've got somebody who does want to get in there like that, then you, it's a massive asset. It really is. And I think before you didn't see fullbacks getting forward as much as we've, we're seeing now. They're being given the wherewithal to get forward, get involved, and with three at the back, it, it, it makes it a little bit more comfortable for them to do that. And yeah, it, the, the whole process looks to be warming up very, very nicely indeed. And uh, I just can't wait to see what you know what, what happens now. It's about consistency now. Yes, we've started well under Steve, and we want to continue that. Um, and it's all about consistency. Um, you're going to come up with a cropper against some of the teams in there, but with the confidence they have and watching them, they they don't they won't fear anybody. And that includes, you know, your West Broms, your Bournemouth, or anybody like that, because they think they can go out and beat them.
1: Uh, Brendan Johnson flicked it according to Gavin so Fair thanks to Gavin nice touch he's obviously yeah, I don't want to talk about Brendan Johnson we talk about him every week because we're, we're reading off the whole team here but there is one last player uh, I thought we should mention Sarah um, I was critical of Bree Samba's kicking last week and I've been critical of Bree Samba a lot this season but uh, he, he pulled out one incredible save and was generally very good against Birmingham wasn't he
0: yeah he was um, he, he made quite a few decent saves on Saturday and yeah, that one right at the end was brilliant. Um, really good. He yeah he uh, he's another player that started the season a bit slowly, looked out of form, um, got dropped by Chris Euton. Um, Ethan Horvath came in, and I think that probably gave him a, a, the kick up the backside that he probably needed. And since then, again, somebody else with a point to prove. And he seems to he, he seems to have just got um, back to the kind of every summer that we know um, with the saves that he's making. His distribution was a lot better on Saturday, something that was a strength of his previously, um, but dropped off a little bit. Um, Yeah, he he seems to be back to his his best, and he's got that confidence about him. He's got that kind of swagger.
2: I'll just jump in there, Sarah. I quite agree with you there. And you know why I think he's done that? Because I think he's had that responsibility taken off him for trying to come and collect everything and try and take the pressure off because... Forrest were very defensive, very negative-minded. They defended deep, but they're always under pressure. And I think he felt he had to come and relieve that pressure, as goalkeepers do. And I think that's been take that onus has been taken off him. He's a really great shot stopper. That's why he was the best goalkeeper a couple of years ago in the league, because he he did that particularly well. But when you start trying to do everything else and you make mistakes people start getting on your back. And that happened for me. Oh, he's dropped another clanger. He's come out. He shouldn't have come out. But I think he felt responsibility just because Forrest were under that much pressure continuously that he had to do that. Now he doesn't. He's being said, right, you know, you're one of the best goalkeepers in this league. You know, go out and prove it. And that that onus has been taken off him, I think, in that respect. He's, He's just got to go out and be a goalkeeper and a very good one.
1: Forrest obviously won three out of four now, but they've all been away. Uh, and hitting teams on the counter. So, w- is there a, not a concern there, Gary? But there's a point to prove, so. And they haven't won a home game, and they're playing away, a, f- a system that works on the road at the moment. When teams sit in against them, are they going to have to be a, a bit play a bit differently or not? At the City game, what,
2: no. What, why? Why play differently? Just play the way you're playing. It's working. Just because you go away from home and you play that style, just play it at home. If it works, do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing being, you know, wrong with being a counter-attacking team at home. Ask Liverpool. You know, they, what a counter-attacking team they are. Even you know, when they're at home, it's the best teams do that. The best teams can adapt and do that. The best players within those teams, you know, can do that. And you can see that happening. There's nothing wrong with being a counter-attacking team at home. People get this wrong. You've got to be a counter-attacking team away from home. You haven't. You know, you can do it at home as well. And yeah, you, you might tweak things a little bit uh, to be a little bit more positive at home. But, you know, if it's working, if it's, you know, it's not broken, don't fix it.
1: But is it harder at home? Because teams are going to sit in against Forest now, aren't they? They're going to see that. Well, I, I hope
2: they do. Because if they sit in against us, then, you know, we've got the players and the system to go and win the game anyway. It, it's not going to be that different. You know, if, I, I would love to see teams just sit in deep. And uh, I think we've got the ability and pace to be able to, If they do counter-attack, combat that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just be given the wherewithal to do exactly what you want and maybe not change it a great deal. Yes, tweak it, but, you know, if it's it's working away from home, you can make it work at home. And that will confuse, I think, oppositions as well because they might expect Forrest to change things a little bit. And if they don't, you know, we could really go on a run here.
1: Uh Dean Spencer says I wonder if Greg thinks we can win the league yet." Yeah. Greg messaged me during the game and said he's already cancelled his playoff hotel because we're going up automatically so yes he certainly does think we can win the league I mean Sarah what's the what's the goal now realistically if you look at some of the where they are in the league they're back in that court of anything can happen stage aren't they they could still go down they could still go up what do you think is going to happen
0: yeah it's probably that old cliche um they've just got to I don't want to say take it one game at a time but take these next block of games Um, they're going to face sterner tests than they've faced so far Um, I think perhaps October, November we'll we'll be able to see a bit more about what this team has to offer and and what they can do but while they're on this run they've just got to keep it going see where it takes them Um, see where they are after the next few games see where they are in the table how many points they've got Um, I think if if you try and look too far ahead and try and set goals about what they can and, and can't do you get wrapped up in it a, a little bit they've just got to focus on keeping this run going, keeping these kind of performances going, getting better um, because that's one thing the manager is stressed, he, he was quick to point out on Saturday that defensively at uh, set pieces they looked a bit wobbly um, that's something he's going to work on over the next two weeks and they've just got to focus on, on doing what They've been doing well. Um, again, try and put like, the things that they've been not so good at, and see where it takes them. Um, if they keep this one going, then you know who knows what they're capable of. They could quickly climb up the table, seeing what a difference just a few results makes. If you put a keep that run going after the international break, then you'll soon shoot right up there. And and then you you've just got to keep that going.
1: You're gonna tell me the same thing, Gary. You always say one game at a time, but winning's a cumulative thing, isn't it? In terms of confidence.
2: Of course it is. But, you know, you you, know, you can only take it one game. You, you can't look forward to the the game after and think, well, yeah, we're, we're planning for that. I think the international break has come really well for Steve to, to work with the players. People will say, oh, you know, winning games, we, we, we could have done without the international break. But I think the opposite. Because he's come in very quickly, things are working pretty good straight away. He's got time now to get to know the players better, to chat with them all, uh, to watch what they do on a daily basis more and, you know, come up with more, you know, sort of plans if you if you want to change things at home. Um, so I think the international break has, has been really timed well for him and uh, I think you'll see an imp- maybe an improvement after the international break and he's got players in there who are, are now thriving. Yes, it, it's only been a short space of time but you can see the massive difference already in the the way they go about things and to have that time to work a little bit more on it and and you know talk to people about it you know he seems that sort of a a manager i don't know what sort of a manager he is i've heard you have only the stories but he seems like he wants to engage with his players he wants to have conversations he wants to take on board you know, their ideas and maybe, you know, how they feel about doing things and what was not working before, you know, and, and wants to put that right. And he seems to be getting his point across unbelievably well, very quickly. And I think you've got to give credit to Stephen Reed because, you know, that game, he played, the first game, he changed things around and that, that started the, you know, the ball rolling a little bit. So I think he needs credit in in that respect because that was a bold thing to do, a brave thing to do after, you know, what the team had gone through under Chris, you know, the start to the season. And that lifted everybody as well. And the new manager coming in has now lifted everybody a, a little bit more. So those all those factors are working together. I think it could be, fingers crossed, the start of something a little bit brighter.
1: Um yeah, I think you're dead right about the time of the international break. He's a he's a coach who wants to coach players, so he actually has to get on the grass for them. So I agree there. And what do you make of him in interviews, Sarah? I've only he's only done interviews in positive circumstances so far, so it's not a full reflection. But what have you made of him in person?
0: Really good. He's he's really impressed. Um, he speaks very well whenever you you talk to him. Um, uh, again, it's just good man management. He he spoke on Saturday about how about how he wants players and staff everybody around the club to feel good about themselves to feel happy and settled and like they're all working together in a short space of time he's got everybody on side and he's created this sense of unity and I think when you've had a bad run when you've had a a dismal start to the season that's such a big thing getting everybody working in the same direction pulling together as one and that translates onto the pitch and he just He's so positive. Whenever you speak to him, he's so positive. Um, it, it's probably a, a little bit of a bad comparison, but he's a lot like Sabrina Mucci in that respect, in that whenever he talks, he's hes a good speaker and he, he just makes you want to go out there and, and do well for him. And I imagine that's the same in the dressing room and on the training pitch. When you're building your players up like that, when you're, you're making them feel good about themselves you want to do well for somebody um, and he's quickly come in and done that that's the big difference that he's made and yeah whenever you talk to me he, he just comes across so well and he's going to be like that with the players as well and I think that's what's making a big difference.
1: Forrest's next five fixtures just for everyone's information are Blackpool at home, Bristol City away Fulham at home, It looked absolutely awful in the second half against Coventry. I watched that. QPR away, which is a tough one. And then Sheffield United at home. So an interesting batch of fixtures coming up where anything could happen. Uh, I was wanting to finish talking briefly about uh, Forest Women. Um, They lost to Derby, which is obviously a shame, but they had an attendance of 4,400 at the city ground, a league record attendance and probably considerably higher than a few top-level non-league games and League 2 games at the weekend. Um, Sarah, we both spoke to Andy Cook, the Forest Ladies Manager recently, Forest Women Manager, excuse me. Obviously, defeat's a bad thing, but it's good for the the team and the the club in general to uh, have a moment like Sunday, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. For the players, that would have been a a great occasion to play at the City Ground for the first time in front of a crowd like that. um, Yes, the result didn't go the way they wanted, but that's a great experience for them and um, they'll take a lot from it i'm sure andy cook's been doing a brilliant job and um, they're having a really good season regardless of saturday's result hopefully they can continue that and and have a successful season and um, everything's in place there they've got good structure good team around them and um, the club are, it, it's very much a, a one club mentality the club are keen to make sure that andy cook's side are, are, are integrated in how they do things and um that's showing on the pitch and after the last two years their their campaigns have been disrupted quite badly by the pandemic and they just want to see a season out play a full season and hopefully be successful and um, i'm sure they will be because they've got everything there
1: right i think we'll probably leave it there Dean, dina are you looking after the exercise bike for someone for anyone's actually watching this not listening to it there's always an exercise bike behind me and the duration we've done this podcast i can tell you i've used it probably once so uh yeah probably just looking after it for my wife are you still walking gary every day
2: i am indeed yes
1: well done well done yeah,
2: i think i'm averaging about seventeen thousand steps a day at the moment so out oh at God. quarter seven in the morning as soon as it gets light two hours and then maybe another one in the afternoon
1: i think i'm averaging about seventeen thousand calories a day and i'm <laughs> <That's> eating weight <laughs> thanks eating well, i'm, being, weight
2: I'm, I'm being jabbed all over the place at the moment and a flu jab a pneumonia jab and i've got a booster jab today so uh...
1: that's why we're recording early certainly yeah so um right
2: i you, think when you get to my age that's what happens to me you see <laughs>
1: <laughs> you would be healthier than me right I think we'll leave it there I will be back uh, next week with an interview with someone uh, from the club's past present or future and uh, that should be a good one hopefully I've actually got to arrange it but I'll just tell everyone it's going to be good Uh, Gary thanks very much as ever pleasure Sarah you've been on an Australian style delay the, uh, the last 10 minutes or so but thank you very much thank you and we'll catch everyone next week thank you very much thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red a Nottingham Forest podcast If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.